Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Today we're going to look at the Bill of Comics Creators' Rights, uh, something that was put together in the 80s by guys like Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, uh, Dave Sims, Steve Bissett, I think Rick Veach was involved, uh, and Scott McCloud is, is uh, the version here that we're going to use as a, I don't know, a jumping off point, a place to start talking about this. But uh, before we dive into this, a couple of cartoonist kayfabe bits of news. First up, we will be at Heroes Con in Charlotte uh, later in June. Make sure you stop by our table, say hello. Let's talk some cartoonist kayfabe in person. We'll also be hosting a number of panels there, so lots of ways to interact with cartoonist kayfabe. Wear your cartoonist kayfabe shirts. That's something I'll be looking for in the crowd at uh, Heroes Con, one of the great comics conventions. So if you're a comics fan and you're on the fence, I would definitely add that one to your list of places to check out. Also, if you haven't already, like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Uh, also, hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. That'll notify you when we post a new video. It'll give you a leg up on the Kayfabe effect. If you see a uh, comic on here that you want to add to your collection, you want to track it down first. So hit that notification button. You'll be the first to know about it. It'll give you a leg up on eBay, Amazon, your local comic shops, wherever you try to find these uh, sometimes hard-to-find comics. Also, let our videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share our videos with other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow the channel. Thank you all very much for your help in that and spreading the word of Cartoonist Kayfabe. And Ed, now back to the uh, Comics Creator's Bill of Rights. You don't know what you don't know. And in those 1990s and before, the artist, the penciler, they know shit. <laughs> yeah, man. The history of comics is, uh, is written without this document. Uh, you know, there's some notes on this we'll get into, but referencing like the creators of Superman, you know, like this is the whole history of comics here where the creators were not necessarily granted any of these rights. Um, some of them thankfully have come to pass and, and I'll read through them and, and we'll kind of talk about them as we go. Uh, fortunately, a lot of this has changed and some of this stuff is sort of the norm now, but there's still a lot out there that I think I need to do better. Uh, I think creators in general should at least think about as they're th weighing their choices as to what they're going to do, who they're going to work with, and uh, what's available to you. You yes. know, what are those rights that you are possibly giving away if you're not paying attention? It affects the whole ecosystem. Uh, like when publishers, it, it's it's almost it's it's almost like any kind of rights. Like they will take as much as they can, bind you by contracts and stuff until until otherwise. You know, they, they call the first contract a dummy contract. And they call it a dummy contract for a reason, man. Uh, because you, you got to be a dummy to sign it. <laughs> uh, it has all the standard boilerplate stuff that they want to sign, like in an ideal situation. And there's room to move. Uh, sometimes you can, you hear inferences when they're talking to you. Like, I remember a couple of times hearing Gary saying stuff like, well, if I do that, then it's a better deal than Jaime. And I say, okay, well, give me Jaime's deal then. Whatever that deal is, like, let me have that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So there's, there's back and forths that, that happen uh, that way. And sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. Like, if something feels wrong, it might be. But every other cartoonist who participated before you allows themselves to be tramp trampled on or they just simply don't think about the, the stuff that... Uh, or maybe they got that good deal, Jaime, you just referenced, but it's not the standard. It's not part of the dummy. Like, you you know, each guy's got to ask for that, uh, yeah. you know, if you want that yourself. Um, 
Right. So that, that that's a reason to go through this. That's a reason for if you make comics to think about this stuff. And you can ask for anything before you sign that contract. And conversely, once you've signed that contract, that's it. Your negotiation powers have definitely gone down once yeah. you sign that contract. Yeah, so. I'm, a, I'm a believer in that stuff. You know, like like when people co- come out the woodwork and start, start crying and complaining. Like, I've made bad deals. You know, I made bad deals. You don't hear me complaining about the stuff. I'll never work with or for those people unless there's a renegotiation that w- would happen. But you sign your name, man. And, and we have a whole history of comics where you've seen people getting jacked and not getting... Uh, you, you see the different ways that people can get jacked. So you got to be mindful. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a relatively short document. I'm going to start reading it. Do it. Jump in anywhere you want. I'm sure I'll, I'll uh, add some stuff too. So... For the survival and health of comics, we recognize that no single system of commerce and no single type of agreement between creator and publisher can or should be instituted. However, the rights and dignities of creators everywhere are equally vital. Our rights, as we perceive them to be and intend to preserve them, are. So there's your your beginning. And again, this is the suggested final draft by Scott McCloud. So here we go. Number one, the right to full ownership of what we fully create. That'll never happen unless... You self-publish, right. with the exception, I get. I mean, you could speak to it better than me. I think Image Comics provides the best. If you have a hit comic, provides the best deal in terms of uh, the rewards that come in. But do they get a piece of uh, anything else? Do they have a, a, a say in uh, foreign? They do have a say in foreign rights, and it was something that um, surprised me. I had I had lined up a separate agent for foreign rights. Uh, before I started doing Street Angel with Image, and then found out like that was something that they were pretty adamant about. Yeah, and 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 it's one of those. A things, lot of publishers are now. Uh, for Hollywood stuff, they they get their hands in that. Uh, I, we talked about it before, like in in music. There, it used to be the music company, the your label gets the money on CD sales. So for our purposes, that would be book sales. Uh, that's how that's how the label makes money, and you actually don't. The musicians really, they make a few points on the package, but they make up for it with merchandise. They make up for it with touring. And uh, nowadays, because of the internet and Napster type things, uh, they provide what's called the 360 deal, the labels, where they get a piece of everything. If they're going to sign you up, they're getting a piece of everything. And I feel like that's what the publishers uh, for comic books are. They get a little piece of Hollywood. They get a piece of foreign they that is something that, um, and I don't know how much I, I can say and not say about contracts, uh-huh. but uh, you can say I, I, I personally look. Image doesn't have any of my media rights. Yeah, so that that's a nice thing. If I want to make a movie, TV, or anything, that's that's completely on me. And I think that that's the standard. Yeah, I think it, I think it probably is. Um, you know, you mentioned like, but you, the you pretty much have probably. to self-publish if you want to do this. Yeah. This is, I would equate it to something like traditional publishing. Like if I wrote a, a novel and whoever published it. Um, they don't get rights to the movies, right? Like their interest traditionally is the book, book. you know, like what they're getting rights for are the rights to publish this book. Uh, You know, and there's some degrees to that. How many printings they can do, how long it has to stay in print, things like that you might negotiate. But that's what, how I would interpret this. Right. You know, you have those other rights. If I want to make a video game, that's up to me. You know, this is like the dummy contract for the artist's favor that has to be negotiated down with the publisher. So, like, they have their boilerplate, and this is not a bad boilerplate. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is 
I wasn't very familiar with this. Even whenever we started this channel, like I had heard of this, but you know, we've gone through and talked to several of these people now, and yeah. and I've read this several times for different interviews and things, and so I'm a little more familiar. But I think it's just one of those things. If you're, I know a lot of creators watch and listen. It's just good to have this on hand to think about whenever you're reading those contracts or thinking about trying to negotiate something in, in your contracts. So Number two, think of these. The right to full control over the creative execution of that which we fully own. This is another one that, boy, that's broad language. Yeah. Um, possibly this is referring to format and presentation. And I, I remember when you were working on Hip Hop Family Tree and you had a very specific idea what you wanted those books to look like. And that was something I think you talked to publishers about before contracts were signed. Yeah. Um, you know, so some of that I think is reflective of this, just how it's presented, really. As, as is it serialized? Is it one here, book? Here's what happens, man. You, you'll go through the list, and I'll, I'll keep my eyes on the annotations to, yes. to get like a clearer sense. And what Scott McCloud is talking about is even uh, content-based stuff, character names, dialogue stuff, editorial things uh, that, that, that could also um, be changed. Like They, they, they want the final say uh, for, for what happens with that. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, like, you you could get that with the independence uh pr pr pretty well especially the way i the way you and i operate i feel like we just get our thing done show it to them and say do you want to publish it or not you know like this is this is what it is yeah i'm trying to think um i don't remember any specific language like this in in my image contract and i also don't remember them asking me to change anything i didn't <laughs> want to change either so i don't know how i that, don't know i don't, I don't know, know how that union thing is happening over there but uh i remember reading that uh that the the administration wants to be able to approve uh, your work for publication or something like that. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, number three, the right of approval over the reproduction and format of our creative property. I guess that's a little bit more of what I was uh, saying there, Ed, in terms of, you know, you want this to be a graphic novel or you want it to be comic book issues, you know, whatever the case may be in terms of format. Yeah. The right of approval over the methods by which our creative property is distributed. This is really interesting to me, and this is something that I think, this is part of the reason I wanted to have this talk. Sure. So, to me, the biggest change that's happened in comics in my life is digital distribution. Yeah. And I think it's really important to manage that if you're doing, if you own your work. Yeah. How do you want to sell that stuff? Yes. I, could, I sell PDFs on my website. Uh, I sell a version of that through Patreon. You know, there's a million digital distribution pieces that you can control, and I think that's one that you get as clear as you can in your contracts with this absolutely uh, one, one of the pitfalls one of the things that could happen is is they s just broadly sign it up as part of uh you know that comiXology unlimited or something so now it's free and that stops a a, a vector for income flow and and maybe you didn't want that you know like like I would like to have say in everything, and right. I, I and I'm not looking for anybody to make judgment calls with any of my stuff unless it makes sense. I do have the first hip hop as uh, on Comicsology Unlimited because it's it's that like razor blades philosophy, man. Like here, I'll give you this one. You can buy these other ones. Uh, there there's a time and place to do that, but but you want to have some agency on that. Why why the hell not? I plus, think you want to have major agency on that. Plus. We don't know what's forthcoming. Just exactly. just like did this boilerplate digital. We have no idea what else is coming. So it can't be like the stuff that those um, Hollywood writers would have to strike on all the time because they didn't foresee DVDs existing or streaming existing in 1978. By the way, you know, if this is your early 
endeavor of, of your next book or comic, you know, putting it somewhere online, serializing it on Instagram, on wherever, you know, like there's a million of these outlets. You may do these in different order, right? Like you may do that first and then secure some print publishing deal with a third party because you don't want to handle warehousing and distribution and all of those things yourself in print. Yeah. But you've built an audience. Like clearly you have something of value. So now you go look for a partner because you own it all. Yeah. And you're able to do that. So I think that's a huge one and, and definitely one to keep an eye on if you're signing contracts. Who owns those, those digital rights? That's a That's a big piece to me. The right to free movement of ourselves and our creative property to and from publishers. I kind of love this one because like there's a lot of comics history that you can look at. And I'm thinking of when Kamiko goes down First and it's comics. like uh, Matt Wagner spends years before like Grendel gets freed up or Mage gets freed up. You know, there hasn't been Elementals comics since the Kamiko days. Yeah, there probably never will be again. So I think that's a really good one because you'll see some of these characters bounce from publisher to publisher to publisher. And why not? Bone goes to Image and then back to uh, Cartoon Books. Um, that's a good one. That right to free movement, I think, is really big. And it, it's part of this whole of full ownership. I remember somebody suggesting uh, something in their contract that uh, that they did get. It was like with Tokyo Pop, I think, um, where if it was like a number of units sold per year, if it doesn't meet this mark, all rights revert back to me. And it was a low number, meaning like, it probably will hit this number for for a little while, but the second it doesn't, like I now have the opportunity to take it back and retool it a little bit, maybe add color, maybe do something, gussy up the package and and set it up again. Because what, what's, the, what's the value of having a old rope if you can't sell it? It's a big part of how, you know, you piece together a living as a cartoonist is if you've got several pieces of that rope and you are able to keep selling it. You have to, like, like the books that you make like I equate it with with stocks really because if you have something in the black now it is a it is an income stream every year uh every every quarter it's making some level of cash and you have your blue chip properties that that do the big stuff and then you have the small ones but that's not insignificant you're going to pay you're going to pay your property taxes with you know a d, a d level book if it's if it's still selling uh you know, broadly and stuff. So you build your career and you build your catalog over time. Each one of those serves you. All right. Number six, the right to employ legal counsel in any and all business transactions. I mean, how about you have an obligation to yourself to employ legal counsel well, in these business transactions? Like that's true. Get yourself a lawyer for this stuff. That's true. But now there's a murky territory of what they call arbitration that nobody seems to budge on and that is used to often to like mitigate any kind of like court issues or something it's a very complicated thing that is always in the favor of the person who has the money it's it's never in your favor uh so i don't know what the workaround is for that but leading up to that you got to get a lawyer Seven, the right to offer a proposal to more than one publisher at a time. Uh, I, I don't know why you would ever not do this. There's there's a right to first refusal that often gets lumped in with uh, with your contracts, and that's not a bad thing. It makes sense if you if you uh, so so like Tom had like the Kirby book, right? Now I don't know his contract or anything, but if there's an adjacent proper like adjacent kind of thing. Uh, 
they at least want to make the first attempt to give you like a solid offer because they already invested in you. What do you call this? It? Respect almost where it's like, listen, we built this thing up. We helped you this first go round. Give us a shot this next go round. If you get a bigger offer elsewhere, I think you could take it. But they have to at least have the, they, they don't want to be blindsided that like you did this thing for us and now you go somewhere else. So like that, that was a, like, once again, in music, it would be like in those early nineties when there would be like Green Day or Nirvana would do their record with Sub Pop or Lookout Records. And then the next one would be with like a, a big ass label and the other small label, which couldn't afford it anyhow, didn't even have the chance to give you that opportunity so so like that's like i think what this is referring to well i'm gonna tell you get it get bidding wars going for your books that's uh, that's the only way to make it in a like in the in the capitalist system that we that we all live in right now the way that you make a, a like you make wealth is to get two people who want you real bad right all right, number eight, the right to prompt payment of a fair and equitable share of profits derived from all of our current work, all of our creative work. Um, I, that sounds, that's pretty clear. In you know, to get paid for what you're doing. In the annotations, it says self-evident. Right. Um, and this gets into things like royalties in a way, something that wouldn't have always been a part of comics. So probably the reason for including that. Number nine, the right to full and accurate accounting of any and all income and disbursements relative to our work. Um, that's usually spelled out in the contracts that I have and I've seen um, what what the how you actually go about auditing, essentially, you know, like like most contracts I've seen have some method for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like a real headache. And, and I've never right. I've never put it to use yet. But I, I you know, I wonder like and this is a spitballing with other creators who are out there you know i know a lot of successful like mike mike all red watches these things like like a lot of successful cartoonists watch it like he's like, a good example like, for like taking do, your property from publisher to, to publisher by the way madman's been published by i don't know three to, three totally. or four publishers but what i'm thinking is like is it your policy like do you audit every couple of years or something that's interesting uh, is that just something that you should do i like i don't know that i haven't had this conversation with with any of my senpais you know uh, but I do know that uh, some people I know like went to the publisher like they need they needed some loot and they were like, can you look and see if I'm doing any kind of royalties because I need to get my kids braces or something? And a substantial amount of money came their way. You know what? I have done that. And so I would encourage any freelancers out there that think somebody might owe them royalties, like reach out and ask. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, uh, you don't, I've never had to get an accountant involved or a lawyer involved, but sometimes that stuff does accrue. So, you know, if you're looking for a payout, it doesn't hurt to uh, check in every now and then. Sure. But, right. th but that is different than an audit. It is, like totally. A, an audit totally. is like forensic. Yeah. All right. Number 10, the right to prompt and complete return of our artwork in its original condition. This is another one of those things like we've kind of gotten to that point. And at this point, you don't even turn in your no. artwork anymore. Yeah, it's uh, but you can see where that comes from. I mean, that was in the late 70s before that became, you know, something that was being done. Yeah. And, so. and even uh, like in the 80s, like you could look at the uh, Fantagraphics oral history book where the create where Gary and Kim are writing to the to the print houses, the the, the printers you know this artwork has value it has meaning people worked hard on it 
give it back to us in the same condition. They did not say it as nice as I just said it. Right. Word Cro-Magnum was used and <laughs> opposable thumbs were mentioned. But, uh, you know, you it's think a that, that the guy guys. reading those notes would just be like, I'm going to shit on yes. this paper. <laughs> oh, oh this, this is a beautiful Kim Deitch piece, man. I'm going to dig in my ass crack <laughs> and I'm just going to smear it all over this artwork. Yeah. You fucks. <laughs> because it is, you know, it's, it's white collar versus blue collar. I do think it's funny to think that, like, that one's just not a necessary thing yeah. anymore. I mean, there's not even original art, probably, for the majority of comics that are being made today. All right, number 11. The right to full control over the licensing of our creative property. We've kind of discussed that uh, yeah, through this whole list. Um, but again, be careful what you sign up for. Like, I've known people who have done quote-unquote creator-owned, creator rights kind of books, and they are not creator-friendly, the no. contracts. so Yeah, that's vertigo. It's it's a lot of companies. Vertigo is probably the least of them. Like there's some real there there've been some robberies out there. Yeah. All right. Number twelve. The right to promote and the right of approval over any and all promotion of ourselves and our creative property. I like that. Um, I I you know this does factor in. Like like I've I've used outside sources like outside people to uh, to do promo stuff and have had publishers bristle at that oh we have somebody you know what now that you say that i i've been turned down for hiring sure. publicists by multiple publishers yeah and it's it's frustrating because then you wait and see what publicity comes out of there and i'm often not happy with it so why didn't you let me hire somebody on my don yeah you have to and 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 that is i will not work with somebody if if that is not in there because i just can't i don't want to have to trust you to, to put my name out there. And when I find out that your publicity department is one person in charge of 200 books in a year, fuck that. Fuck that, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna be one of 200. I'm gonna get a dedicated person who's gonna pound the pavement, who has, who has a financial incentive to pound the pavement and help get, get the word out. It is a good investment for my work and I'm not going to spend a year busting my ass on something to just be another one of your books that you use your same old Rolodex, do no outside thinking, uh, to 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 promote like it just that that is a full stop, no go area. Like if every if all previous eleven things were accounted for in exactly the way I wanted, if this twelfth thing is even a a conversation. Like, I can't fuck with you. I have to be able to do it. Because look at this platform we have right here today, man. Over 60,000 subscribers. We speak to over a half a million people a month. If you can't just shake your head yes to let me do whatever I want. If I want to read my comic in total on this channel and you have a problem with that, I don't think you're in business. I don't think you're in business. I don't think you want to make a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a big one, and and I re like this is one I had not thought of before. You know, going through this list, like I have to get this in contracts now. Yeah, because I've been told no after the fact too many times. Yeah, yeah, it has to be like just take care of that. Like it's it's dude, honestly, it's one of the first things in my mind because I see that that is lacking in the game. I see how um, taxed the quote unquote publicity department, which is usually one person. Yeah, I see how taxed they are. And uh, I just, and they do good work. They do their work, you know, but 24 hours in a day, 200 books in a year, at bare minimum, 
maybe a thousand books in a year yeah and by the way if you're starting out if you're a new creator when this is your first book you're not getting much of that uh -uh, that pie it doesn't even split up 200 equal ways there'll be a couple of books that get 80 percent of that yeah yeah and if, uh, if you're, you're probably not one of them if it's your first book yeah yeah if if if, if uh if BKV is in your abbreviations, man, <laughs> you're probably getting more juice. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've had good, good experiences with some publicists, but I've also had the meetings of like, this is what's coming out this quarter, and uh, you're kind of on your own. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm glad that they include that. To me, that's very forward thinking. It makes me curious, like, who in that room was like, hey, guys, by the way, this is important. You, you know, because like, it is. It really is. It's a commercial art form. I don't think that anybody, uh, when left up to this kind of stuff, I don't think that one cartoonist is satisfied with the publicity that's done on their book. Uh, you, you often see people complaining. People people have sent us stuff and they're just like, nobody's like saying anything. Um, so like maybe they don't even know that that's possible, that they can't, like I, I don't know. But the unfortunate thing about about the game is that no overnight, no overnight successes, uh, congratulations, you worked your ass off for a whole year to construct uh, a comic out of pure white blank paper congratulations now take that hat off put the pimp hat on because now you you know tree falls in the woods blah 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 like uh how are we going to even know that this thing exists that's your next part of your job if you're in the game for real you know like like if if just doing the work is what jerks you off um you can't complain you can't cry about like all that other stuff if you didn't proactively do it yourself because like do you want mommy and daddy to wipe your ass also it's like these publishers are going to do what they do um you can't expect anything from anybody other than like make the exact book that you want so get the word out well ed i feel like these are good things to talk about you know we're coming to heroes con we're gonna be hanging out with a bunch of other comics makers these are things to to discuss from an industrial professional point of view for uh, people who are making comics, trying to make comics, and things to think about whenever you're going into your contract negotiations. Yeah. Uh, keep this stuff in mind, go in with open eyes, ask a million questions. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Jimmy, but going through this list of 12, I saw my career flash before my eyes, I see the places where where I did right, and I definitely see the places where I did wrong. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had some missteps on this list, <laughs> yeah. but again, I'm, I'm happy that, that, that McLeod and his, and his brother put this together. You know, like this is, like I say, this is a tool for a profession. So uh, let's keep using it, everyone. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because if you don't, you just make the, the conversation harder for me and Jimmy when we start talk to these publishers. Good to go? Yes. All right. K-Fibers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are in comic shops everywhere now while supplies last. I, it has sold well, so uh, pick those copies up when you see them. It's a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, all by me, and uh, perfect for the first-time Hulk reader or the longtime fan. Join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see more of my comics, art, and some get some out-of-print zines and mini-comics there. And as I mentioned, join us at Heroes Con uh, later this month to just 
express your love of comics with cartoonist <laughs> kayfabe at heroes con red room trigger warnings issue one two three potentially issue number four are on the stands as we speak murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the tagline that goes along with red room comics uh the anti-social network trade paperback is out there as well every issue is completely self-contained so if you see an issue scoop it up give it a sample if you dig it grab another uh it is banned in more than 28 countries sorry for you if uh your country is one of them it is banned in more than 10 comic shops no sorry for you because you could just go to a better comic shop to get it or go to my link tree in the description below this video you can uh, order and pre-order uh, current and future red room comics uh, and if you hit my patreon you can read the comics right now today uh, more than 200 pages in the archive there and three bucks will get you uh, that archive with with new strips every Tuesday. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video so you can look great at Heroes Con. Yes, goddamn right, man. It's a great way to support the channel. Also, uh, given those marching orders, we'll be on our way, Jim. Read more comics.